most important things we can do in our life is to have a deep appreciation of the fact that we're going to die. A deep awareness. I mean, obviously, logically, we all know we're going to die someday. But emotionally, I don't think it's... I don't think it has set in deep enough for all of us to really appreciate that fact. You know, um, I think if we really, really understood the fact that we're going to die, we would start doing the things that we really want to do in life, the things we feel are more necessary and more important, and we would stop idling in our daily lives and kind of ignoring the tasks we need to do and it would really give us a deep sense of concentration but first we we have to meditate on the fact that we're going to die I, I might have a different perspective than a lot of you because I'm sure some of you are religious and think you are going to continue living into the next life. But for someone like me, the fact that, you know, for me, this is the only life I get. This is the one shot. And I've spent many days, weeks, months, years not really understanding what that means. A lot of people usually have to go through some horrific near-death experience for them to actually start living their life. I can't remember who said this. I don't know if it was Marcus Aurelius or Seneca or some one of the Stoics. They said, we all have two lives. And the second one begins when we realize we only have one life. And it's a great quote, but the problem with quotes like that is, I mean, you can understand it, obviously, when you read it, and it makes a lot of sense, and it's profound, and you really want to live by that quote, but it's, it's very hard to digest little sound bites like that. I mean... You can read all the motivational quotes you want, but unless you actually absorb it, it's not going to do anything for your life. And right now in my life, I really want to have a better understanding of the fact that I'm going to die. And I don't think that's bleak. A lot of people may think, well, you know, if, if all you're thinking about is death and dying, that's like you're going to have a negative, anxious life. Mm. No, I think it'll make me more at peace with dying. You know, once I actually absorb that fact and start doing the things I need to do, you know, once I think we're afraid of dying a lot of us, because we haven't done enough. We feel like we we kind of just wasted 
our life, and then we die, and okay, fuck. Maybe that's why heaven, the thought of heaven, is so comforting to people. But I don't know. It's it's just a crazy thing to really to really consider the fact that this is the only life you get and it's um it's crazy how easily it can just go away too you know if i'm lucky i'll make it to 80 or 90 but a lot of people who die earlier on it's oftentimes completely unexpected that 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 freaks me out a little bit like like if you're someone who made it to 35 years old you know you've gone your whole life being moderately careful and healthy and everyone likes you and you make it to 35 years old and then out of nowhere out of the blue a drunk driver just smashes into you and you're dead or you name it, you get struck by lightning. Some random act of nature just takes your life at 35. And just just 30 seconds before it happens, it was not on your radar at all. And now it's just, boop, done. Okay, 35. That's when the, the clock ends for you. And life just goes on after that for everyone else. The people in your life will be sad for a while, you know, they'll mourn, but they'll move on eventually. But it's just crazy how quickly it can just vanish, just done. And logically, it, it you know, it, it it's easy to think about and really take in, but it's really hard to actually absorb it into your subconscious and really start living with that knowledge. That's the hard part. That's why it's not enough for people to just read quotes on Instagram or something. You you actually have to absorb the information and really, really think on it, really meditate on it. And... That's something I'm trying to do with my life more. Just really acknowledge that fact that I will die. And I have no clue exactly when that will be. But as long as I'm alive, I might as well get some sort of meaning out of it, some sort of fulfillment. That way, if I'm lucky, I can kind of die while reminiscing on the past. You know, that's that seems like a luxury that people in old age get, perhaps. I don't know. Like, if you die randomly at 35, you don't really have a chance to, to think back and see if it was worth it or not. But if you're in your 80s, and I'm sure you start thinking about it more the older you get. And I read somewhere that when asked if they have any regrets in life, uh, when they're asking old people, 
they almost all of them will say it's it's always the things they didn't do that they regret the most. And I already have some of that regret, things I haven't done. But, you know, if I were to die now at 25, you know, for... For as much as a 25-year-old can do, your average 25-year-old, I think I would be kind of satisfied. I would be relatively content with that. But me being 45 or 55 and only having done as much as I've done now, then, yeah, that would probably be a problem. But, you know, relative to my age, it's it seems to be okay. But the older I get, the more anxious I become with not having done enough. And really, you can only you can only do so much. You can't put too much pressure on yourself for not having done everything, obviously. But there's still a lot I want to do that's on my list that is very possible to check off. But a lot of that requires some sacrifice now in my life currently. And it's, it's really hard to, to just sit down and do the work that needs to be done. So your life will, so it'll pay off in the end. I think Charlie Munger said, um, easy choices, hard life, hard choices, easy life. And basically, it's just about don't don't give in the instant gratification. Give in, give in to delayed gratification. Do the work now so it'll pay off in a year or two or even a decade. But just do the work right now. You know, for me, for a lot of us, obviously, um, procrastination is the enemy. And it, it's too easy to kind of just, oh, I have all weekend or I, I'll have tomorrow. I'm, it, it, it's easy to rationalize anything. It's, it's incredibly easy. But the more, more capable we are at acknowledging the fact that we, we're going to die, so, like, really, how much does it matter that you're, like, like, really, how valuable are the current things you're doing now? Like, if you put it on a list of priorities, we tend to do the, the easy, benign things because they're easy and benign and they have very little stress. But as time goes on, we start to have more stress because we haven't we haven't finished the high stress things that we need to be doing now but yeah like I'm trying to put myself in the shoes of my 80 year old self and what would he be telling me right now Uh, he'd probably start telling me to start eating right. Stop 
scarfing down popcorn and pizza and all that shit. He'll be hitting me on the head. But also, well, that's a big thing too, right? Diet has a big influence on our energy and our motivation. It can, depending on who you are, where you are on the nutritional threshold, I suppose. But there's definitely a lot of things that I'm not doing right now that if I keep not doing it and I look back three years from now, I will be a little pissed off at myself. So that's a, I guess that's a good way to think about it. If you keep doing the things that you're currently doing, how will your life look in five years or ten years? And if you start doing the things that you've been putting off and just incrementally incrementally progress each day, not in big, like nothing profound, just small progress each day. If you start doing that, how will your life look in five years or ten years? And mainly... Like the things you're trying to avoid. Like if you keep doing what you're doing now, will you be better off? Will you be worse off? If you keep doing the things that you know you shouldn't be doing, how will it look? I guess that's that's a good motivator. Like what is your version of hell? And what can you do to prevent it from happening, from, from showing up? Obviously, like, in your in your living life, not when you die and go to hell, but your version of personal hell. Like, you make it to 40 and you're still at this job you don't love, or maybe you, you just made the wrong choices. Maybe you had a kid too early or something. I mean, there's some things, like, they happen and you can't really do much about it like having a kid I mean that's unavoidable once it's there but you can still work around it and still figure out okay I guess here's an obstacle Mm. I won't go too far into that because I don't have a kid of my own so I, I wouldn't know really how to think of it in that sense but but yeah just Whatever your version of hell is in the next five years, like if you're addicted to some sort of drug and you continue doing it, how will your life look in five years? How will your friend group, like, will it grow? Will you have, like, will you just become more lonely, more isolated? Will people resent you? But, yeah, there's there's definitely some things I'm doing in my life currently. I'm not addicted to any drugs or anything. But I'm addicted to laziness. <laughs> but, like, my own version of laziness. I mean, for some people, what I do would be considered pretty productive. But for others, it's not enough. But for me personally... I definitely could be doing more. 
I, the, the amount of time I spend not doing the things I do really irks me. And that's, that's an issue in and of itself, the, the shame you get when you continue to not do the things that you do. It just tends to manifest and makes the problem worse. But right now I'm focused on small progress, the incremental steps, just each day just become a margin, a half a percent better, you know, just slightly above what you were yesterday. And it doesn't have to be a drastic thing. You know, it doesn't have to be really be a noticeable thing. Just something that keeps you moving forward. And small enough to where you can't really resist it. It's it's too small to to just ignore. You can you can do it. You know, a one percent change. Something not so big where you burn out and become overwhelmed. Something not so small where it's benign and has absolutely no effect. But I think closer to small would be good for most people. Just a small change. And go from there. But yeah, we're, we're all going to die. And we all know that. But not... We all haven't really absorbed it. We don't... I don't think it's natural for us to really think about it like that at least in today's world where everyone just lives to be 80 if you're lucky maybe the relationship with death 200 years ago was a lot more different where i don't know the mortality rate for like babies being born and dying at birth it was a lot higher than it was now for sure so it's just kind of a more common occurrence to run into death. But as the world gets better, as technology progresses and uh, knowledge and nutrition and things like that, we all live longer and we kind of ignore death. And then it becomes a little more traumatizing when someone in our life actually does die. But we will move on. But it's, I think it's really important to really meditate on that fact that we're going to die. To, like, be comfortable with it. I don't, I guess it's all how you interpret it, but I guess some people could become more anxious if that's always on their mind. But it's just how, what are the words you're using Whenever you think about it, words are so powerful and just a small change in your language can have a huge impact on the way you think about certain things. So I'm trying to think what would a negative way of interpreting death be? Uh, we're going to die. So nothing matters. Maybe, maybe that like do what you want or just fuck it because you're going to die anyway. That's that's a bad way. I guess what I'm talking about is 
You know, you're going to die, so live your fucking life. Do the things you got to do. You, you like you have a you have a deadline. You know, that's think of it like that. Think of it as a deadline. Literally a deadline. And just meet your quota before your time's up. Mm. But obviously you can't do everything though. Just find your priorities. What's more important to you? And I'm sure they'll change as you get older. But also, you know, feel free to adjust it as you get older and start working according to your priorities. Like they say, as you get older, you start to appreciate your family more and you want to spend more time with them. And that makes sense, obviously. But, you know, for me at least, in my 20s, there's a lot of things I would like to do outside of other people. Just kind of focus more on myself. And if I do it right, it'll put me in a position to where when I'm in my 30s or 40s, I can focus more on my family and have more time or focus more on having my own family. Not right now, for sure. Not, not, not at this time in my life. But if things work out, if I can manage to find the success I'm looking for, uh, it'll make being altruistic a lot more easy. A lot more easy whenever I'm finally in my midlife. If I'm lucky enough to get there. But, yeah, I, I think that's all I have to say. It's, it's a daily reminder. That's the thing. Like, if you really want to absorb the fact that you're going to die, it's a daily exercise. I guess, for me, what works best is is to, like, imagine what, how life could be in the next five years if I just sit down and do the work now. And maybe, maybe five years isn't long enough. Maybe I should be thinking more in the realm of ten years. But also, make it realistic, too. You don't want to give yourself an extraordinary, extraordinarily preposterous goal. But something somewhat in relation to how your life is now. And how can it, how can your life be different in a positive way five years from now? How can you keep it from being stagnant? I guess that's, that's the thing right there. Like, you don't want to become stagnant. You don't want to be doing the same thing five years from now. Unless you love it. (laughs) Unless you just... That's all you need, you know? Some people, it works out just fine for them. And good on them, I suppose. Um, I don't know. Maybe, you know, maybe for some people like me, there is high stress in becoming better because 
it was put in us, you know, maybe we romanticize the idea of success. I don't know. But some people, it, it just works fine. They, they, they stay in their hometown. They have a family. And it, if it works out, it works out. But at the same time, you know, you could be saying that to protect yourself, to, to not confront the things you haven't done. So you, t- you rationalize, you justify it, you tell yourself, oh, yeah, I'm happy, my family's here, I have kids, whatever, whatever. That's kind of the American dream, isn't it? Eh, maybe. But that's the thing, too. You know, you don't want to lie to yourself. But how would you know if you're lying to yourself, especially with things like that? You know, I, I see it a lot with parents where they say their kid is the greatest thing that ever happened to them and they have no regrets. But obviously that's something you're supposed to say. I'm sure that is the case for a lot of them, but I, I don't doubt that a, a, more people are just saying that to kind of justify their circumstance and if that if that keeps you going great but just really try not to lie to yourself and if you if there's any like inkling of doubt or hunger for something greater like if you just get a whiff of it in your subconscious like sometimes like, I used to lie to myself about certain things. and But there would always be this lingering feeling, like a gut feeling, that would just be in the back of my head. But I always ignored it. But the more I learned how to, how to be more honest with myself and with other people, I stopped ignoring that lingering gut feeling that was in the back of my head. And I tried to bring it forward and really like focus on why is this here is there really something I'm actually hoping to get out of life other than this certain situation so if you find yourself saying certain things because you feel like that's that's what you say my kid is the greatest thing that ever happened to me shit is it (laughs) I'm not, you know, I'm not going to say it's not. But also really try to be honest with yourself. And it and even like if you have some like revelation where it's, oh man, the, my kid isn't the greatest thing that ever happened to me. Uh that doesn't mean like get rid of the kid or anything. It just means you know you can you can still find things to put at the top of your priority list. You don't have to just ignore the rest of life. But also, you do have responsibility to make sure your kid doesn't become fucked up. That's important, too. That's, uh, that's, uh, that's its own fulfillment, right? That's like the ultimate fulfillment, I would guess, because that's literally the whole point of being a being, is to spread your DNA and make sure it becomes able to spread its DNA, and yeah, 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 yeah. That's like the core purpose of life. 
That's great. <laughs> just, just try to be honest with yourself. And just really, for me, this is like what I'm saying is something that is going to work for me, I hope. And maybe if, and I'm just saying it to you, to, for you to consider, maybe this will work for me too. So I'm, I'm trying to remind myself daily that, yes, I'm going to die. Yes, I've already lived maybe over a quarter of my life already. And how, when, what do I have to show for it currently? Because, yeah, I said in the previous podcast, one of the previous ones, that I'm somewhat of a nihilist where life has no inherent meaning. But that doesn't mean that you, I just do whatever with my life. It, because I still, you know, it's still in my DNA to have some sort of purpose to drive. Uh, some sort of drive. And, uh, and also the way culture has formed my thought process. I, I, I do kind of romanticize the idea of traveling around the world. You know, the, all the commercial type of thoughts. I'll, I'm, like, I'm willing to admit that a lot of my desires have been morphed by what is considered, like, adventurous. Like, I, I, I don't know how much of it is actually sincere and how much of it is really just a romantic idea. But I really want to explore the world. I want to see other countries. I want to travel. And I really love the idea of working remotely. And other than that, you know, my, my goals are fairly vague. I'm still working on it. Like, what exactly is it that I'm trying to get out of life? I'm still working on it. I'll, I'll be honest. But, you know, as long as I keep that in mind, I'll eventually find the answer, hopefully. I'm, I'm, I'm still in my 20s. I'm in my mid-20s. And I, I, I am prone to having quarter-life crisis. Crises, is it maybe? But occasionally I'll go through this spiral of doubt and start asking myself like what the hell am I going to be doing for the rest of my life because obviously I can't keep jumping from job to job like I have been doing and moving from state to state like I have been doing and kind of just wandering I mean yeah there's that phrase not all who wonder are lost but I'm, I'm somewhere in the middle of being lost but also I want experiences in life. <laughs> I I do get some kind of fulfillment out of checking out all these new places and working at all these various jobs. But it's I I mentioned this before in a podcast where you know a lot of I think a, a good chunk 
of me moving from state to state is sort of a way to trick myself into thinking I'm actually doing something with my life. Um, it's an uncomfortable thought. I don't know how accurate it is, but I'm sure there's some truth to it. Because it's weird. I like my decisions in life are like most of us, like our decisions are influenced by how we want other people to perceive us, you know? And like if I'm, if I'm doing the same things I'm doing now, but in my hometown, you know, it, there would be no change. There's no, there's no difference. I could be doing the same thing wherever I'm at. But if I'm a thousand miles away, uh, it gives people the illusion that I'm actually mm, maybe living life a little bit. And sure, Utah has more mountains and things to do in terms of hiking and camping and canoeing and all that shit, but I don't do it that often. It's really kind of just to give people the impression that I'm doing more than I actually am. And it is uncomfortable to have these realizations because obviously we don't want to think that about ourselves. But if we can realize, if we can have this awakening, that's a, that's a good first step. Awareness is so important. I'm a big advocate of self-awareness. And yeah, there's there's a lot I could and should be doing differently right now. And I I get sometimes I get pressure to go back to school or to even join the army or something because yeah, because it gives you structure, I suppose. Cuz structure I mean, yeah, that's that's very attractive. Definitely the army give you some purpose, some order in your life. And going to school, it's easy to track the progress you make in school because you 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 have these steps. I think I mentioned that before. But for me, it's it's a little sporadic. It's, it's kind of unpredictable and it's not calculable. <laughs> calculatable or whatever it's hard to measure the progress that I've, that's actually being made you know because it's kind of invisible I won't know it until I actually have it you know I don't have a degree to show people I haven't taken these steps like where you can in college where you're a freshman you're a sophomore junior senior you get your bachelor's whatever 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 you got steps. You have classes that are mandatory and you have to take them. So you, it's very observable from the outside and to you personally. It's easy to keep track of your progress. But for me and for a lot of people, um, it's, it's very invisible because a lot of what I'm doing is self-taught. And when you're teaching yourself... 
you you don't have I guess you could give yourself certain steps to meet some certain deadlines to make but usually it's just very naked the progress is naked it's hard to really see how far you've actually gotten and that it, it, that naturally is going to make you more anxious so for me i'm really really focusing on the fact that i'm going to die <laughs> it just it it's going to help me have more spark in my daily life find more motivation and more discipline hopefully it'll pay off it's it's hard to put yourself in the mindset of the long term game you know the the results you can make in the next 10 years 10 to 20 that's really the mindset you want to get yourself in because if you're if you're trying to expect great success in the next couple of years you're just setting yourself up for disappointment some people for sure will get it that way will make it that early on but as long as you can prepare to not have success until your 30s or 40s and you you happen to get successful early on that's great but as long as you have the mindset of not making it until a certain amount of time ooh is tough. I've been I've been referred to as indifferent, phlegmatic, which means unemotional, indifferent. And sure, that's fair. That's a fair assumption about me. Um but I think it's it's helped me. I don't really set myself up for for failure or for success. Uh I just kind of let it happen. I don't get my expectations too high. That's the thing. So it may be tougher for me to become more enthusiastic about things. But I'm never too disappointed if it doesn't work out. And And I just keep going. I just keep doing the thing to try to eventually find success. But I, I never really put myself in a hole by expecting too much. And that, that has its pros and its cons. Uh, I think my nose is getting stuffy. Promise I'm not crying. Uh, yeah. I think that's about all I have to say. This might have been one of my longest podcasts. I'm not sure. I'm at 1170 bars. That's got to be over 30 minutes or so. But, yeah, this may have been one of my more important topics to talk about. Because it, it's relevant to everyone. And even if you're religious and you you believe you're going to another place, you know, just don't put all your your eggs in one basket. Is that is that Was that correct to use that phrase? And just continue finding as much success as you can now. You know, because maybe you're wrong too. 
but whatever whatever works for you, whatever helps you, do that. But for me, meditating on my death. Because I don't know when the hell it's going to happen. My dad died in his 40s, like 41 or something like that. That is early, man. That is young. I consider 20 to 40 to be young adulthood. And 40 to 60 is like your mid, your midlife. And 60 to 80 is your late adulthood. So 40 is, that's damn early. It's not as young as 20 for sure, but in terms of your life, and we tend to be living longer, 40 is pretty damn young. But yeah, I've had friends killed in their 20s. That's happened on several occasions. And yeah, it was so unexpected. So yeah, the the thought of dying early... That freaks me out more than the fact of just dying. Because that's its own thing. That is weird. And I do understand why people believe in an afterlife. Because it is very comforting. Like for me, the fact that it's just going to be lights out, and it's over. I mean, obviously that's... It's not the most happy thought but if it gives me drive to really do the things I need to do now then so be it this is the point where this is the like the the section where people be like well John if you really that bothers you why not consider reconverting back into Christianity or something well the problem is is the conviction you know I could start doing that again but in the back of my head, it's fucking... No, it's not going to work out. I don't have the conviction that you need to really follow something like that. I have no problem with the philosophies in many religions, and not all of them, of course, but, you know, the teachings. That's a, that's a whole other topic. But, yeah. I'm going to die someday. You're going to die someday. And what will we have gotten out of this life? Out of this one life? With the dice we were... (laughs) The cards we were dealt from birth. You know, the genes we were given. The circumstances we were set with. And, you know, all the conditioning we got early on in life. We're the product. We're the biological product of our genetics and circumstances and how can we make the best of it before it's over but yeah that's that's pretty much all I have to say but, yeah have a good one guys you're gonna die but it's okay have fun <laughs>